Good evening. It's a great pleasure to introduce uh, Dr. Hossein Moyedine Gomshei Elohi. Dr. Gomshei is uh, a very unusual person. He's um, someone that has managed to combine an understanding of the depths of Persian literature with the breadth and depth of English literature, which is very unusual. And um, his background is that he has a doctorate in theology from Tehran University. He has taught in the past Arabic and literature and Islamic philosophy and mysticism at Tehran University. He's a specialist in Persian mystical literature and has taught uh, studies to do with Rumi, with Sadi, with Hafez, Attar, art criticism, literary criticism. He has written an introduction to the discourses of Rumi in Persian. He has written, uh, or rather published, a, a, a critical edition of the Divan of Hafez, the great uh, Persian poet died in 13, in the end of the 14th century. Um, so, I mean, it's basically to give you a comparative point of view. It's like saying so and so has has done a critical edition of Shakespeare's sonnets. He's he's very adept in the classical Persian literature. Uh, recently, a collection of his articles and translations from Arabic and English appeared in Iran under the title of Alchemy. He's written a, a book on Attar, on the seven cities of love of Attar, uh, a collection of story, uh, a collection of articles on Shabastadi, who died in 1340, a great Persian Sufi poet, as well as a book on Shabastadi. And uh, he's also published translations of Shakespeare from English into Persian. Uh, he's a well-known calligrapher in Iran, a specialist in, uh, in Islamic uh, styles of writing, uh, and uh, also very uh, versed in Persian music. So tonight he's going to be talking to us about uh, Persian uh, poetics and aesthetics and the literary tradition in uh, Persian literature. So I hope, I, I, I know we will all enjoy it and please welcome him. First of all, accept my salutations and greetings from Persia. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a source of pleasure for me to find myself once again in this earth of majesty, this demi-paradise, this England, and to speak of this realm of gold, this garden of secrets, Golshan this poetry of Persia, in this Temenus Academy, which is in turn the garden of Plato with his eternal ideas, and most important of all, to speak in attendance of a great poet, 
a princess in the kingdom of imagination, a true lover, Mrs. Kathleen Rain, whose very presence is not a demi-paradise, but a full paradise. I have come from a country where people are said to walk on silk carpets and talk the language of poetry. Of course, it belongs to the past. I doubt if nowadays they would speak. <laughs> they have changed the language now. And talk the language of poetry, a country which has been called the land of rose and nightingale. You know, usually they say, Keshwari Bol. I want to say yes, we are the country, I hope we should remain a country of Bol because Gol and Bulbul, Rose and Nightingale, symbolizing respectively the archetypal beloved and lover, or beauty and love, or you could say aesthetics and poetics. So Rose is all about aesthetics, and Nightingale is poetics, which is the subject of my discourse tonight. Poets are lovers of beauty, and their poems are but songs and hymns in praise of her. The opening lines of a sonnet by Hafiz seem to be addressing us. It's again, Gol and Bulbul, Rose and Nightingale. The red rose has bloomed. The nightingale is intoxicated. This is the time of merriment and revelry, O Sufis, lovers of wine. Accordingly, I am not going to enter into elaborate, complicated, scholarly theories about aesthetics and poetics. I would rather become a saki or a cupbearer I think that the word saki is used in English now. Saki or saqi, as we say, cupbearer, and offer you a goblet of that wine of beauty which is which so intoxicated the nightingales of Persia that they were never sober again. There is an anecdote about Winston Churchill that once at a formal feast he had drunk heavily when a lady approached him and said, Sir, you are drunk, very drunk, extremely drunk, disgustingly drunk. <laughs> Churchill, Winston Churchill calmly removed his cigar and said, Madam, you're ugly, very ugly, extremely ugly, disgustingly ugly, but I'll be sober tomorrow. <laughs> so... This wine, which you are sober tomorrow, is no good for us. We are looking for a wine which would leave us intoxicated until the night of uh, day of resurrection. As Sadi says, Namaz shami qiyamat behush bazayat kesi ke khorde bovad mei zebamdad alast. Hafiz thus reveals the secret of his being constantly drunk he was constantly drunk and he is giving the reason and the secret here oh the 
all those who are perplexed at our constant intoxication. We have peered into the mirror of the world displaying cup. You know, jam jam. There is a world displaying bowl or cup. And we have contemplated a reflection of the countenance of our mistress. So since we look at her every moment, we are intoxicated every moment. The whole story of Persian aesthetics and poetics revolves around this wine of beauty, which, in the words of Shabestari, is poured into the eye rather than into the mouth. The best wine is poured into the eye rather than the, the mouth. شرابی خور که جامش روی یار است پیاله چشم مست بادخار است or in the loving musical words of Sadi translated in the unloving and unmusical words of mine قده چون دور من افتد به هوشیاران مجلسته مرا بگذار تا حیران بمانم چشم برساقی او ساکی when it is my turn to get a cup Offer it to those still sober in the party. Leave me bewildered and inebriated in thy beauty. So let me recite a few lines from the blazing lyrics of Rumi that we may tune ourselves up with the merry notes of the nightingales of Persian poets as well as give the gist of all we are going to say in the rhapsodic rhymes of Rumi. I recite the poems one by one and read the translation. An aftab khawar mehman mast imshad. Qurs sepeh gardun barkhan mast imshad. The sun of the east is our guest tonight. That brilliant loaf of heaven is on our dinner table tonight. از آسمان جانان نازل شده است قرآن آیات قاب قوسین در شعن ماست امشب The Quran has been revealed once again because the Quran is revealed every moment It needs a receiver It was not revealed only for Muhammad It reveals for everybody So Rumi says the Quran has been revealed once again from the heaven of our soul of souls the verses relating to the ascent of Muhammad. Now there are verses in the Quran relating to the story of how Muhammad ascended to God. So he says that the verses relating to the ascent of Muhammad applies to our case tonight. O oh, sweet minstrels, ای مطربان خوشگو اسرار عشق گویید تا در سما آییم دستان ماست امشب. O sweet minstrels, Sing the secrets of love. It is our turn to dance and rejoice tonight. Nahid maah taban, mehr sepeh gardan, ba sat hazar dide, hayran mast imshab. Venus, the moon and the sun, and all the heavens with a thousand eyes are gazing at us in amazement tonight. Torshi makon chu serke chun shahd ba shirin. قند و نبات و شکر دکان ماست امشب Be not sour like vinegar Be sweet like honey 
for we are offering sugar and nectar of grace tonight. Of course, it is offered by Rumi, not by me. <laughs> what is this sugar and nectar of grace that was once offered to Rumi by a wandering dervish called Shamseddin Tabrizi or Shamseddin from Tabriz and transformed the young professor of theology into a mystical poet who spontaneously poured out thousands of enraptured verses while dancing and whirling to the sound of music. Most of his poetry was spontaneously composed without premeditation, without thinking. It is nothing but a vision of that beauty which is a joy forever, in the words of Kitts, which is the light of heaven and earth, which is the truth underlying all appearance, which is the absolute being, and one, and the one who is like unto none. My heart journeyed round the world and, and found none like him. There is none like him, none like him, none like him. The story of this eternal beauty, which is one with the truth and the good, is a traditional preface to all stories we narrate for children. You know, in Persian, we don't say once upon a time, or in the past, or something like that, or il y avait un fois in French. But uh, we do not start with once upon a time, or similar phrases, but with a very deep sentence, which sums up the essence of all Sufi teachings. We say, yeki bud, yeki nabud. Qayras khuda, hich kas nabud. That is all Sufism about, is about. There was one, there was no one. Except God, there was none. This is how, actually, uh, we preface uh, this story of creation to all stories we want to say, because all stories are after this story, that there was one and there was no one. In philosophical terms, there was one and there was not many. There was unity and there was no multiplicity. The one means God. According to Jami, in the prologue to his versified romantic version of the story of Joseph and Zuleika, Potiphar's wife, was a heart-ravishing beautiful bride in the bridal chamber, a lovely mistress in her blissful solitude, playing the game of love with none but herself, singing to herself and drinking alone the wine of her own beauty. No one knew anything about her. Even the mirror had not yet reflected her countenance. But beauty cannot stand being concealed for long. If you close the door, she will go to the window. In our old folklore poetry, there is a lovely song commencing with the following lines. 
قالیچه گرد نداشت خودشونشون داد She went to the roof She went to the roof pretending to shake the carpet The carpet was not dusty She only wanted to show herself off So the Sufi poets say that this is the story of our mistress who un- unveiled herself on the roof of potentiality, Bami Imkan, on the roof of potentiality or contingency, and thousands of worlds came into being. A beam of that eternal beauty fell upon the rose, and the rose filled the nightingale with ecstasy and frenzy and melody. Let me recite a few lines of this melodious poem in the original Persian. I gave the translation before. در آن خلوت که هستی بی نشان بود به کنج نیستی عالم نهان بود وجودی بود از نقش دویی دور ز گفتگوی مایی و تویی دور نه با آینه رویش در میانه نه زلفش را کشیده دست شانه قمار عاشقی با خیش میباخت نوای دلبری با خیش میساخت ولی زانجا که حکم خوب است ز پرده خوب رو در تنگ است پری رو تاب مستوری ندارد چه دربندی سر از روزن برارد برون زد خیمه زقلیم تقدس تجلی کرد در آفاق انفس زهر آینه بن مود روی اتیافانی این افری دیفرنت میر به هر جا خاص از وی گفتگویی از آن لمعه فروغی برگل افتاد زگل شوری به جان بلبل افتاد رومی in one of his sonnets which reminds us of the big bang theory of the origin of universe you know there is a famous uh, big bang theory Uh, there is much argument about it these days. Rumi, in one of his sonnets, which reminds us of the Big Bang theory of the origin of universe, presents the same story in theosophical terms. I recite the Persian. Two lines. Nagahan muji zebahre la makan aumat padi. The Big Bang. Nagahan muji zebahre la makan aumat padi. که از نهیبش این همه شور و فغان آمد پدید با جمال خود مقابل کرد اسماع جلال آن طرف غالب شد از این رو ایان آمد پدید All of a sudden huge waves rose from the placeless ocean and raised such great clamor, uproar and commotion He counterpoised his attributes of transcendence with those of immanence. Immanence predominated and the universe came into being. That's the story of creation. Hafiz, whose lyrics are the double distilled brandy of Persian lyricism. You know, it is what we say, It is, uh, you know, there is, there is um, a poetry in everything. And there is uh, some intoxicating element in everything. All other poets brought it out and then gave it to Hafez. Hafez distilled it and made a brandy pure and all very hot. You know? So it is called 
double distilled brandy. Uh, of Persian lyricism intones the same story in a sonnet which can be called Sonnet of Genesis. در ازل پرتو به حسنت ز تجلی دم زد عشق پیدا شد و آتش به همه عالم زد In pre-eternity the light of thy beauty burst forth in theophany love was born and set the world on fire. So the beauty left her solitude and pitched her tent in the realm of appearance. This appearance, what is this appearance, this world of, of appearance or multiplicity? The appearance is in different interpretations. One is the countenance of God, the face of God, according to a well-known verse in the Quran, wherever you turn your face, there is the face of God, or wherever you turn, there is the face of God. Or in another interpretation, the appearance is the reflection of God in the mirror of non-existence, according to Shabestari, Adam Aine, Alam Aksu Ensan, or the appearance is the garment of God according to some lines in Rumi the revolving heavens Wear like a Sufi cloak, Khirge. While the Sufi is hidden, O Muslims, who has ever seen a cloak whirling without a body? The cloak is whirling because of the body, the body because of the soul, and the soul's neck is bound by the tresses of the beloved. Another interpretation is that... Uh, the appearance is the shadow of God, a platonic, platonic conception, very common in Persian literature. Everybody knows about that. Or the tresses, another interpretation, the tresses of the beloved, a symbol of multiplicity. You know, the tresses, the hair, is a symbol of multiplicity because there are many, but it is a sort of many which guides you to the one. They are many, but they guide you to one. Each one uh, you get, uh, each one string of the hair you get, you can go to him. That's a poem by Hafiz referring to this. Or God himself, another interpretation is that appearance, what is appearance? It's God himself. It is not veil, it is not shadow, it is God himself. According to a poem by Rumi, Oost, golo, sabze, wo, baag, wo, bahar, Qair, darin, baag, jahan, heech, nist. He is the rose, he is the meadow, he is the garden, sorry, he is, yes, the garden and the spring. None but he is roaming in the garden of existence. So the famous poem of Shakespeare, Oh, mistress mine, where are you roaming? This mistress is roaming alone and there is none but him 
in the garden of existence. This is an eternal, there is, sorry, there is an eternal traffic between two realms of unity and multiplicity. Now I want to go into This is the cycle of creation, according to Sufis. One is here. There is one. There is unity. Or, you could say, heaven. You could say, paradise. You could say light. This is light. The one is light. You could say eternity because it has no time. Or you could say beauty. You could say meaning. Because meaning is God. When you say it is meaningless, it means it has nothing to do with God in Persian Sufism. Al-Ma'ni Meaning is God. There is peace here. This is the countenance, the face or countenance of the beloved. This is round. This is one realm. Sorry, one realm. This is the realm of unity. Down here, you have another realm of multiplicity. Many. One and many. You have read the famous poem by Shelley, The one remains, the many change and pass. So, this is the one, this is many. What is many? Many is multiplicity. Kasrat. It is earth. We say heaven and earth. This is earth. When we say the Quran is revealed or descends, it comes from one to many. Quran was only one thing. If now we see the 6,000 verses, it has come into the realm of multiplicity. So, it is hell. What is hell? Hell is multiplicity. When we are too many, we are not one, we have to find. So there is hell. Hell is multiplicity. Separation. Parah. Krishna's nation, Hekayat Mikonat. Hearken to the reed, to the pie. It is bemoaning separation. Right? So it is separation. It is time and place. Time. Place. That is why Rumi says, My time is timeless. My place is placeless. Makanam lo makan bashe. Nishanam bi nishan There is war here. So the peace. 
David is here. Heresy, hope, and disbelief is here. Sorrow and war and many other things and the traces of the beloved. You remember that we have the countenance here and the traces here. Yachir uftab ze zul pashgirehi dar karan. It's a poem by Hafiz. That uh, all my problems, all my trials and difficulties are because of her traces. Because we have, he had put us in the midst of the realm of multiplicity, of separation. همچنان چشم گشاد از کرمش میدارم So this is the realm of one and the realm of many There is an arch of, of a descending arch that comes down Constantly there is a traffic from one to many and there is another traffic from many to one Here is hell. Here is heaven. This is purgatory. This is Barzat. Because you are trudging down, you are getting farther and farther, and you are trudging up, which is very difficult and needs uh, years and years of uh, uh, mortification. So, What is the story of creation? Whether art creation or divine creation? This is the coming from one into many. When the one manifests itself into many, this is creation. For example, you are an artist. There is one thing in your heart. But when it comes down, it goes into colors and forms and music and notes. There are thousands of notes and vibrations. There's so many multiplicity. But when it comes down, this multiplicity is crystallized in a form that gives you the idea of unity. That is the skill and the efficiency of the artist to be able to create a multiplicity which guides to unity. Otherwise, you would say, well, we didn't understand. When you say, I don't understand, it means it is multiple. Understanding means understanding unity. So, this is the story of creation. And this is the story of what? This is the story of all religions, science, philosophy, all different branches of the studies, of human studies. All is, a, is an effort to change many into one. What is science? Science is, a, is an effort to turn many into one. Mathematics is the comb of the hair, the shadow hair of uh, the world. Because without it, everything is uh, distracted, is scattered. But uh, with science and uh, mathematics, you come to know that all these phenomena are following a certain order. What is order means one. What is balance is one. Because order means to find some rule, one rule governing all. 
If I write, for example, 1, 2, 5, 11, 19, there is no order. You see? So you get distracted, you get upset. But if I say 1, or 2, 4, 6, 8, you can put the other one, 10. So there is order. What is order? It's to, to find one in many. You look at many and you find one. That is the sure sign from very childhood. Uh, when you see that a child can find one in many or order in where it is not usually understood. Uh, this William Sawyer, the English mathematician and physicist, uh, he narrates in one of his books, Mathematician's Delight, that a small child came to me and said, I like the word September. And he said that when I asked him why, he said, because there is, uh, he explained. And when he explained, I found that, yes, there is such a good symmetry. You know, if you, uh, for every constant and vowel, you put uh, some sign, for example, this is a sign of uh, consonant, and this is a sound of uh, vowel, for example. And then you see that uh, you have This reason of us 
is uh, just a candle. There are two ways of uh, of losing this candle. One is just putting it off, and then you are a lunatic, a true lunatic, because you have no reason. And sometimes if it's there, the sun comes out, and you don't see this. This sun is love. So this frenzy is above reason, not below reason. There are two sorts of frenzy. One is fine frenzy in the, in the words of Shakespeare, and the other is uh, the abnormal, or I could say, Yes, psychological or abnormal psychology. In abnormal psychology, uh, actually, Avicenna says that al ishojun marazon vasvasiyun is is a sort of uh, neurosis. Uh, love is a sort of neurosis because not this love; it is the love which is below reason, not above reason. There are two sorts of love. One is below reason, and one is above reason. One is uh, one is like this. This is self. This is one expression of love. Yeah. They want everything for themselves. All the precious contents. This is no sun, no incandescence. But the other way around is this. This is true love in Persian literature. It's true love. Love is wealth. It is not begging. When people say that I love you, it means I need you. I am a beggar. I, I, I want you for myself. But actually, love is giving. And Nizami says, "What masetan So far as you can, give something. Don't take. So, sorry, I just, yes, what happened to me today? Oh yes, I have put it here. <laughs> Sorry. So Rumi says that uh, since I am coming from the world of unity, although I have composed thousands and thousands of poems, fifty thousand in Masnavi, fifty thousand lines, and fifty thousand or more in the one Shams, right? But they all mean the same. He has claimed that Masnavi is the Masnavi or the rhyming couplet is a shop selling only the commodity of unity. Whatever you see but unity is your own illusions, is only idle. So the poets have all emphasized that they are not talking about different things. They have only, there is only one theme in Persian literature. Uh, unlike uh, critical views, uh, of course, of certain scholars who find different themes for their own 
desires. The marvel is that the thousand lives, uh, sorry, the thousand lines and fifty thousand lines of Masnavi, having but one point to make, are never, nevertheless charming and fresh. And every line, never uh, fresh in every line, never getting monotonous or boring. Sadi has given a beautiful expression of this. یک نکته بیش نیست قم عجب که از هر زبان که میشنوم نامکرر است. Behold the wonder that love is but one point, but every time it is spoken, it's spoken of, it is something new to me. In Western literary tradition, it is customary that the poet appeals to a muse to give inspiration and revelation. I just uh, give one quotation from Shakespeare. Oh, for a muse of fire that would ascend the brightest heaven of invention. Henry V. According to Plato, all great poets compose their fine poems not from art, but because they are inspired and possessed. This is an inspiration similar to that of diviners, oracles, and prophets. This is an idea confirmed by almost all great Western poets as well, and philosophers, from Socrates to Santayana, from Homer to Emerson. Uh, I have checked almost all great philosophers who say that a poet is not himself when he is composing poetry. And that is why Rumi says, Sohanam behushiari namaki when I am sober, my poetry have no charm. If you want good poetry and pure poetry, then give me some kadehni domo give me a cup or two, before I could offer you uh, good poetry. Now this muse has been expressed in Persian literature in different forms. I'm very sorry. Okay. Now, the poets, that is why they are called Lesan al Qayb. Lesan al Qayb means the tongue of the hidden. It is a title officially given only to Hafiz. But all other poets have also claimed the title and they consider themselves the uh, tongue or mirror of the hidden. For example, uh, Nezami, who is also a great Sufi, I think, uh, says, I'm so perfect in the magic art of poetry that they call me the mirror of the unseen. Rumi, in his sublime overture to the symphony of the Masnavi, has the following stirring opening. What is this name? It is himself. Listen to one who doesn't exist. He says, hearken to the pipe, to the reed's pipe. 
how it bemoans separation. This pipe is Rumi himself, who is being played by God. As Bujud Khotchonegashtam Tuhi, Nis as Gayre Khodayam Ogehi, Chonkeman Man Nistam, in Damzehus, Pishi in Dam Harkidamzat Koferus. I have become emptied of myself like a pipe. I am aware of none but God. Since I am not I, this is the breath of God, and he who rejects this, this breath, is a disbeliever, an unbeliever, a heretic. He's actually claiming the anal haq of Mansur, who said, I am God. This is not a claim only by Mansur, but almost by all poets. Because Hafiz says, for example, Khane Hafiz Kunun, منزل حافظ کنون بارگه پادشاست دل بر دلدار رفت جان بر جانانه شد means the house of حافظ the heart of حافظ is now the house of his beloved the house of God so all of them not very expressly but in metaphorical expressions have claimed to be God at certain moments so Rumi says whatever I say is the words of God just like you read in the Quran that ma yantiqo anil hawa wa ma yantiqo anil hawa in huwa illa wahyan yuha it is said about Muhammad that whatever he says is not because of his own desires it's all what we have revealed to him so Rumi says har ki guyat haq nagufte kafar ast gerchi Quran az lab peygamber ast although the words comes out of his tongue of his uh, tongue but uh, Anyone who says it is not the word of God, he is a heretic. He is a disbeliever. Another expression of this muse is that uh, in the past, when they wanted a parrot to talk, uh, they put it before a mirror, and somebody went behind the mirror and started to utter certain words. And the parrot thought that it was another parrot in the mirror, and uh, so it started talking. And Rumi, Hafiz uh, says that pass aayne tu ti sefat am doshtan ancho. And also Nizami in his treasury of secrets uh, compares poets with prophets pisho pasi bas saf awliya pas shu'ara amad pisham biya in do nazar mahram yek dostand in do chumaq zandigaran pustan means uh, the saints or friends of god stood in two rows before god the prophets came first the poets followed the poets and the prophets are both initiated to the same friend. They are the kernel of creation. The rest are but crusts. Another muse is Saqi or Saqi. When they call Saqi, Bia Saqi and make a hall over at Saqi, Aloyo Ayuha Saqi, oh Saqi, who is Saqi? Saqi is the muse actually because it gives you that wine and gets you intoxicated and you are beside yourself and then you can find the truth. So, Saki, oh, 
Saki and Minstrel are two other muses for Persian poets. And also Mughani, not only Saki, but Mutreb, Minstrel, or Mughani or Mutreb. Mutreb actually means one who creates happiness. So it, is, it may be sometimes a real musician, but most of the time they mean by Mutreb anyone who makes you happy. And the best job in the world is being Mutreb because it makes people happy. And so Shamsuddin Tabrizi, when he came, uh, Rumi often calls him Mutreb, Mutreb Mahtabru, O moon-faced minstrel, tell us what you have heard or tell us what you have seen. The beautiful line of Hafiz, مطرب عشق عجب ساز و نوایی دارد. نقش هر پرده که زد راه به جایی دارد. The minstrel of love plays such wonderful music, each movement of which leads us to a new realm. And very often, Persian poets uh, use God himself as their muse. For example, Jami, in his prologue to Yusuf Zulikha, Joseph, the story of Joseph, he says, Elahi Gunche Omid Bokshai, Goli Azrozi Javid Ben Moy, Behandon Azlabe on Gunche Boram, Bazan Gol at Parvar Kundemoram, Deli Dodi Zegohar Ganj Barganj, Zavonam Rokun, Begoftan Kungohar Sanj. Oh, my Lord, show me but a rose of that eternal garden, because he wants to. to compose poetry of that eternal garden and make the buds of hope bloom. My heart thou hast made a treasury of wisdom. My tongue thou makest a scale for measuring out jewels and pearls. Let me take a look at my watch. Yes. Okay. Now a few words about love. We said that uh, the poet sees beauty and yes. Beauty it gives best to love. And uh, when the poet is filled with love, with joy, with happiness, he is a prophet. He cannot stand leaving other people in their sorrows. So he comes down. He comes down to call people back to the world of love. So what is this love? And what does it do with people? It is actually the... the Fulfillment of four wishes, long cherished wishes of humanity. There have been four wishes in human hearts all through history. One is to find alchemy. Sorry, alchemy. One was panacea for a cure all disease 
I mean, a cure, cure all medicine. One is large portion. <laughs> yes, because everybody wants to be loved. And they, they think that they could find something to eat or some herbs. They, they call it love potion. Um, and uh, the last one is, not least of course, elixir of life. Elixir of life. But we know that uh, in the Middle Ages, alchemists couldn't find these elixirs. But all of them were found in the three letters of age. Uh, in the three letters of age, all the four have been fulfilled. Because love is alchemy. That's as Mr. Wujud Chomardan Rafeshul, wash your hand courageously, boldly, of the copper of existence. This existence, this limited self, is nothing but copper. It is not worthy. So, wash your hand of it. So that you would find the alchemy of love that will tear you into gold. And then, you come to Nicaea to cure all disease. That is love. Rumi says, Marhaba ey eshka khosodai ma ey davai jomle illatai ma. Well done, O oh love, because thou art a cure for all our diseases. Hakira jomiz ey eshka chak shod, uz ey bohez koli pak shod. So, and this love potion, sadly says that if you want love potion, go to my poetry. <laughs> because uh, uh, I have drunk that love potion, and I am loved by everyone. Hafez says, I am loved by everyone because I have drunk that love potion. One of the good, I mean the sure sign of the poetry of love is that it is loved by everybody. So the only way to be loved is to be a lover. And uh, this elixir of life is love, because it keeps you young, old through your life. And Rumi says, On shahidi name ke shabad ajuz. I'm not one of those fair maids who would become an old woman after a time, or uh, lose my beauty after a time. Um, I'm always young, I'm always happy, I'm always jolly, and in the midst of the circle. So, uh, love not only keeps you young, but turns you into a child. And all the great poets have called themselves a child. Because they have the purity of a child, the innocence of a child, and uh, the liveliness of a child. Sorry, I have prepared, um, I cannot bring it to an end. Uh, I will just uh, mention uh, something about uh, uh, the form in Persian literature. This is the theme. So the theme is one, which is love. Now the form is crystallization of of the theme, of the meaning. Form is not of much importance uh, as an end for itself. 
know, in metaphor, metaphor, in every metaphor, which all poetry is metaphor, all great poets, including Sadi, have emphasized that their poetry is not to be taken literally. So don't take it uh, literally. It's a metaphor. Now, metaphor has two parts. One is the tenor, and one is the vehicle. So, there are poets for whom the vehicle, that the formalist, the vehicle is an end in itself. They are just showing that how skillful they are. So they find some tenor just uh, as a pretext uh, and uh, compose poetry. But for true poets, the tenor is the creator of the vehicle. So since the tenor comes from the world of beauty, the vehicle must be beautiful. Since the theme is very sublime, the form is very sublime. And uh, all, uh, I have no time to recite certain poems by Rooney to show how beautiful it is. Uh, and it is a museum of uh, proportions, of relationships, of harmony, of music. I'll just, uh, I'll just uh, mention the music in, uh, I mean, the verbal music, uh, which I have turned into some forms in painting. You know, Persian prosody, Persian rhythm, is not very difficult to learn. If you want to dance with a poet or with a poem, if you want to sing it, uh, it is very easy. But if you want to learn the scholarly way, it is very difficult. Of course, it is necessary. You, they have written books upon books um, explaining very complicated uh, rules about how these rhythms are composed. And even in English, I got a book in five volumes uh, of, on English prosody. I wondered how is it that it is so simple in principle that you have only one uh, weak and one strong syllable, which is uh, it's a matter of quality in English uh, rhythm. But in Persian rhythm, it is a matter of quantity. I mean, the number of the vowels and consonants. So it is very easy if you learn it in a musical way or in forms. See here, you find one, one, two, one, one, two, one, one, two, one, one, two, right? So if you uh, make every uh, one, uh, one beat in music, then it would be like this. See, one, one, two, one, one, two, one, one, two. See, you can dance with it. It, is, it doesn't need that you learn Mustaf alone or many other things. But if you start from here, you see the same rhythm. If you start from one, one, two, now you do it the, the other way around. Two, one, one. It's like this. بیا تا گل برفشانیم و می درسا برندازم 
یا تا گل برفشا نیم همه در ساق قرم دازم You can dance with it, this is very musical And if you start from here, one to one, it is a different uh, rhythm Yusufi kum dashtiba zayat kitan an ammaki See, there are three rhythms by the same elements And here you have a different rhythm, one, three, two, two, which is very musical. A button of the man, that's the man as to do, man, serve the man, bury the man, that's the man as to do, man. See? One, three, two, two. So, if you start from here, you start from three, three, two, two, one, right? It is a different rhythm. Zedudi dekhun feshanam zagamat shavet judo i. Three, two, two, one. But you know, Rumi says that those who are lovers of tantan means these forms. Okay, they can listen to it. But those who love the wine, but the parastan hamed ar ishratan, tantan, tantan, shenoe, tantas. The lovers of wine are making revelry and merriment in a feast, and those who are just dealing with forms, they just listen the tantan, and they don't get what there is in these cups. See, the cup is very beautiful. But they don't consider, and uh, you see, that's why Rumi ridicules actually the formalists in a story that once a grammarian, grammarian is the formalist, of course, a grammarian embarked on a ship, and the conceited man turned, because usually grammarians and formalists are very conceited and didactic, they want to teach everybody, and then he turned to the captain of the ship and said, well, have you ever learned uh, grammar? The captain said, no, I never learned it. And uh, he said, then half of your life is gone for naught. You have lost half of your life. He became broken-hearted and very upset, but he couldn't say anything at the time. And then, uh, soon after a time, all of a sudden, the uh, sea became stormy and uh, storms rose and the ship was about to sink. Then the captain turned to the grammarian and said, Have you ever learned swimming? He said, No, sorry, I never learned it. Then all your life is gone. For <laughs> because uh, the, uh, this, the ship is getting is drowned. So it wants to say, and Rumi says that, mi boyat. Grammar is in Arabic is math, nath. Nath means grammar, particularly syntax. Nath, math, and math is annihilation. And Rumi says, math mi boyat na nath in jobedam. Here you don't need grammar, you need annihilation. Math mi boyat na nath in jobedam, gartu mahvi bi khatar dar abran. So, we opened our discourse with wine 
and close it with a cup. So this was the cup. And uh, I think that uh, even I have made some similar mandalas for English prosody. And somebody asked me, why is it that Shakespeare doesn't follow the rules of uh, prosody most of the time? There is a, he opens with a certain rhythm, but he doesn't follow it. I said, he is very, it's very good that he doesn't, because uh, symmetry and order is not an end to achieve to it. It is a starting point to deviate from it. <laughs> you see? So you shouldn't follow, and neither Sadi nor Molana, none of them follow the rules exactly. Every now and then they make changes. And these changes uh, have provided good material for scholars to uh, discuss about uh, the variety of rhythms and things like that. Why all the rhythms in English, uh, I think so far as I know, can be simplified into four forms. One uh, weak and one strong. And the other way around is and one and two weak and one strong. And the other way around is one strong and two weak. Right? That's all. But there are so many variations that five volumes, voluminous, I mean, thousands of pages, is about these forms. Of course, it is right, and people have to study that and learn about it. But Persian rhythm, rhythm is for dancing, it is not for learning. Uh, just, uh, but uh, uh, unfortunately, in, even in Persia now, most of the students, they learn about the prosody, but they never learn how to recite a poem in a musical way and to dance with it and enjoy the rhythm. So, we opened our discourse with the wine and closed it with the cup. It is now time to say that the cup and the wine are one and the same in Persian literature because they believe that uh, this, uh, there is no t two things of body and soul. Body is just a shadow of soul. It is nothing but the soul. It is uh, actually the soul himself coming down. There is a very beautiful poem I was reminded by uh, Nizami about the style. There is much discussion about the style. What is the style? In French they say, Le style the style is the man. And Rumi says, uh, I mean, Nizami says it in, in a very beautiful way. It means that I broke the talisman of my entity, the talisman of my being, the charm of my being into many pieces. And uh, I tied one piece to every and each line of my poetry. So that after a hundred years or a thousand years, if you ask, where is Nizami? Every line would say, yes, here is Nizami. Here is Nizami. <laughs> See? So uh, the cup is actually the wine itself, almost like a drop of water, a drop of dew, actually, from which a grasshopper gets intoxicated in the morning. The, the, the cup and the wine is the same. So I...
bring it to a close by a poem uh, giving the same idea from Araqi. Of course, Araqi has translated it from an Arabic poem. I read both the Arabic and the Persian. So pure is the wine, so clear the glass, that one moment you say it's all glass and no wine, at another moment you say you see all wine and no glass. Thank you. Sorry, if, uh, yes, if there are any questions, uh, I don't know how much time we have left. It's a quarter of an hour, I think. Uh, ten minutes, yes, ten minutes. Of, yes? Yes, you know, there is a poem by Alexander Pope that all discord is harmony not understood. And there is nothing happens at random. When you say that it just happened, it is an accident, it means we don't know the reason. It is our ignorance of the reasons behind. So if you, the more you know about something, the more you know about its, its symmetry, its pattern. There is pattern everywhere. You go to the world and look in every little thing, every moat, there is pattern, there is symmetry, there is a mark of that unity who is God. And God has put made in God on every little bit of thing. You see? Yes. Spencer's line, I think, of the soul's form and doth the body make. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's right, yes. yes. Actually, Rumi says, This body was created by me, not me from the body. And the wine became intoxicated. The, the wine was created out of my intoxication. You see? So, just, um, you see, you look at a musical instrument. You, you may think that the music comes out of the musical instrument. But actually, the musical instrument comes out of the music. Because if there is no music, it is not created. So, uh, seemingly, apparently, the music comes out of the instrument. But the instrument comes out of the music. You see? Yes. And the same, uh, Rumi gives another image. Uh, that, uh, for example, you have apples. 
have apples from the tree. You say this apple is from the tree, but actually the tree is from the apple. If there was no image of the apple, nobody would plant it. You see, so the, the, the tree comes out of the apple. Yes? Well, I think almost everything you find in Persian poetry, you can have its equivalent in English poetry. Uh, more or less, of course, English poetry is more sober and Persian poetry is more intoxicated, I think. But uh, uh, even English poets who are considered to be more sober, even in Europeans, uh, they are intoxicated. I think that you can go to Kitts and uh, Ode to the Nightingale, Ode to the Grecian Air. See, they are all come out of intoxication. But I doubt if there is any uh, particular feature, important feature of Persian literature which doesn't exist in English. in Iran, in Persia, but I, I'm happy that I heard on the TV here that there is going to be a movement uh, of reviving reading poetry in circles, and um, I hope that uh, this tradition will come back to England. Even in the time of uh, Wordsworth, he is complaining that people have lost their imagination and they have become very scientific and when they look at sea they don't see the, the sea, sea gods and uh, they don't see the world uh, alive. of Homer was written maybe 300 or 200 or 400, I'm not sure, after uh, when it was composed by Homer. And uh, actually, uh, when we say hafez, this word hafez has many meanings. One is memorizer, and it also means mistral. Hafez means a mistral. There are not only hafez, but 
of Hesus and Easter. Why? A person who memorizes, because they memorize poems and they sang it before people and with uh, lie or with some... That's why we say lyric poetry, lyric poetry. So, everywhere, even in the West, the tradition was that uh, poetry was for singing and dancing and uh, it was not necessarily written for being declaimed in books. Can yes. I ask you to recite one of the Rumi's poems that you were going to recite? Please. To, to recite it? Yes. yes. Right. There is no time to recite. Could you recite some of the ones? Yes. A point of Rumi's. Uh, from his sonnets or from his... Uh, Oh, yes, one of those, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Mm. Oh, yes, it is very beautiful. Uh, he has, uh, a, a lover is in front of his beloved after years and years of separation. Now he has come to him and says, Oh, my beloved, hearken, listen to what points I'm making. And then he uh, counts from one to seven. When he says one, the first line, Firstly, since I was separated from you, I do not know anything. I'm unaware of my first and my, of my last. <laughs> and secondly, since I have left you, uh, sorry, secondly, I journeyed around the world and I couldn't find a second for you. I couldn't find anyone like you. And thirdly, since... I have put my foot out of thy circle because uh, Sheikh Mahmoud or Shabbosari says there is a circle and all beauty is in this circle. Don't put your foot out of it. Yes. And Hafez says Don't put your foot out of this circle because all beauty is here. So he says since I have put my foot out of you out of your circle Everywhere I go, they reject me as if I had said that there are three gods. So among Muslims, you say three gods. So thirdly, he says, thirdly, uh, I am rejected as if I have said that God is the third of the three. And fourthly, since you have set all my harvest on fire, so I have not to pay tolls on taxes. See, Rab An, I recite the Persian as well. Avalan uh, Bishnu. Salase is a word from the Quran that uh, some Christians say that God is the third of a tree. While, of course, the three are one, actually. So, and fourthly, Rabean, چون سوخت ما را مزرعه من ندانم خامسه از رابعه خامسن and fifthly in your separation my arch enemy were the five senses fifthly my arch enemy were the five senses uh, because they didn't let me they engaged my eyes engaged me to the outside world and they didn't let me to see you so they were my arch enemies. 
And sixthly, in your separation, from six directions, it rained down on me, rains of sorrow. It rained down on me. And now, I don't make my six from seven. There is an expression. What is that? Of all sixes and sevens. Yes. So, I have lost, <laughs> uh, I don't know, which is seven and which is eight. So, see, sabe'an. And then it adds At this moment the heaven told to the earth that if you have not ever witnessed the day of resurrection, this is the day of resurrection. When a lover is expressing his love, this is the day of resurrection. Yes, it's by Rumi. It's in Masnavi. Yes. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Gomshaya. He's really revealed the depth and breadth of uh, Persian aesthetics and poetics to us. And uh, I do hope that you can all come to his next lecture.